This is a Rooster Teeth production. Hello, and welcome to the OT3 podcast. Today, we're talking about the funky little gay pirate show. Woo-hoo. I am your captain today, Steffi. With us, we have aye, aye. a special guest, first mate Hannah. Hello, it's me. And then we have the quartermaster, Ashley. Hello. What the fuck am I gonna be? You're gonna be cabin boy, Sarah. <laughs> I knew it was gonna go somewhere like this. I had a very strong feeling about this. I even wrote yeah. it down, cabin boy. Sarah. Yeah, no, I, see I was it. like bosun, navigator. What's it gonna be? No, I went through a whole yeah. list. There was a few that I couldn't, but I went with cabin boy. I thought it was simple, straight to the point. Yeah, yeah. You made one for me, right? <gasps> Uh, <laughs> second mate, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> wow. Uh, Forgetting our Lord right, and so, Savior, Jerry. <laughs> so, did it, actually, no, you're the steerer person. Na- ah, like yes, a, the steerer person. The navigator. There we go. <laughs> He's the navigator. navigator. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's you know, got, got the little spindly things on it. He's got the little bird. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, okay, back to the track. So, today we're talking about the show, Our Flag Means Death. Yeah. Now the basic of the basic is Wait, that before we get there, what are we gonna do this month that we decided like an hour ago and we didn't talk to the rest of the team about? We're, I don't know. We're gonna make the next <laughs> month of podcasts. Oh yeah, we'll we'll get to that in a second. Oh, but I mean, but it's it's preemptively. Okay, so this is the official, unofficially. Uh, the non wait, how do we say it? <laughs> you said the non rainbow capitalistic pod. No, no, that's not what I said. I said the anti queer baiting show month. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. anti queer baiting because uh, I'm gonna do an episode on Heartstoppers Hell next. Yeah, or like that whole universe. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. that's ep- next episode. But now Steffi, continue. This is okay. episode one of the anti no yes. anti queer baiting. Yeah, anti queer baiting. That's what it was. All right. Hell so yeah. uh, our flag means death is a romantic comedy taking place during the golden age of piracy. Seventeen uh, seventeen. It's the story of Steve Bonnet and his ragtag crew aboard the pirate ship Revenge. On their adventures, they run into the notorious Blackbeard. Chaos ensues. Mm. So, before we get started, Anna, what did you know about the show before going in? I knew very, actually, like a surprisingly limited amount mm-hmm. because I think what's really interesting about the show is they had very little marketing, mm-hmm. I feel like, behind oh, the show. Almost none. Um, and so I, I knew very little about it other than I knew that Reese uh, and Taika were both in it. Um, and that it was a show about funky pirates. And I really did not anticipate any of the things that I did find out about it. I knew it was going to be a comedy. Um, but beyond that, that was kind of just, I knew they were the leads. It was going to be a comedy about pirates. And it was going to be on HBO Max. That was pretty much what I knew. Yeah. Uh, Weemsy. I knew nothing about it before I watched it. Basically, Hannah McCarthy was going on tweets <laughs> on Twitter, and then you were going on tweets on Twitter, yeah, and then it was it was a day where like my roommate wasn't even t- in town, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna binge something, and I was like, I can either binge Bridgerton season two mm-hmm. or Our Flag Means Death, right? And then I saw a TikTok that it's gay, and I was like, all right, Our Flag Means Death is one, <laughs> <laughs> and so I benched it in a tingle sitting. All right, Ashley. All right, uh, I'm definitely the newbie here. I have not watched any bit of the show. I know it's a show because y'all keep talking about it. (laughs) Um, I know it's about gay pirates. I know there's sweetness and funniness because it's Taika. And I also know that the ending is Cray. Um, (laughs) That's about all I know. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. So yeah, Our Flag Means Death death is about Steve Bonnet, who was a real pirate. He was known as the Gentleman Pirate. And uh, the creator, David Jenkins, uh, basically went down on a Wikipedia like rabbit hole, as you do. And he was like, 
why is Blackbeard, the most notorious pirate, friends with this dude? And it baffled people. And it's it's really funny because I was reading different articles. Like some say, ah, oh, nobody knows why. Someone's like, ah, oh, he took pity on them. Some are like, he's fascinated about it. David Jenkins said, they're gay. They were in love. <laughs> yeah. in he love. said they were in love. Uh, Let's tell the story. Yeah, that's, that's the story. Yeah, and that's basically, that's the story. I agree. And so uh, it's really interesting because the first couple episodes, we actually see Steve Bonnet, who had just left his life, is not a great pirate. And that's pretty much how it was in real life. <laughs> uh, no one taking him seriously because he was a, an aristocrat. He had a lot of money and just decided to go, I'm going to go into the sea and be a pirate. It's really interesting because I was reading uh, the Smitho- Smithsonian, sorry, I can't say it right now, <laughs> Smithsonian uh, Magazine, and they gave a lot of different theories. They're like, oh, maybe he was mentally ill. Maybe he romanticized it. Maybe he was dying. Maybe his wife was nagging, which is my least favorite one. Oh. And it's just like, you guys, you said it yourself, pirates were romanticized during this period. Mm-hmm. He's a rich kid who was bored, didn't like being married, and he's like, I can get a boat, and then he goes off. And they truly captured that, though. Oh, in yeah, the show. they really did. Like, they truly captured like a, a a man who was wishing that he had more out of life, mm-hmm. and he just wanted to be sailing the seven seas as a little pirate. And he just goes, you know what? I'm gonna make my dreams come true. Yeah. Well, and I think it's very clear too. If you're someone who comes from the kind of wealth and and kind of protection that he did, he really didn't understand what he was going to get no. himself into. He had the very romanticized ideal <laughs> of what the, it looked like. It's the original rich white boy going, "I want to be a starving artist." <laughs> oh my god! Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what it is. I want to make movies. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> he wants to be a pirate. It, it's like it, it it shows it. There's a point later on in the scene in the series where they end up at the pirate island. I can't mm-hmm. remember what it's called. But they, uh, there's a point where they're like trying to find somebody, and they're like, "We're looking for a white man" or something like this. Booty for sale. Booty for sale. <laughs> and like everybody gets really confused, and everybody thinks they're just a bunch of prostitutes, mm-hmm. and he doesn't get it. And the rest of the pirates are like, "No, stop, stop, stop talking. Please stop men talking." Men for sale. <laughs> men for sale. That's what he's doing. He's walking around going, "Men for sale." I, I'm actually gonna stop right quick. By the yes. way, if you haven't seen the show, there's going to be spoilers. Oh, yeah, probably should have started we, with that. Uh, we won't try to spoil the finale too much, but most likely it's going to come up because it's a huge point I of the series. something yeah. I want to talk about the finale that you had pointed out to me that I feel like is an interesting take. Um, we will get there later. How about that? <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Immediate spoiler so, from Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not waste time. Let's so, do it right now. I also want to say the Smithsonian Magazine was not kind to Steve Bonnet because like, Rude. I want to read this like little snippet. Bonnet purchased his sloop legally. He armed it with 10 cannons, hired a crew of 70, and named the ship Revenge. As Bonnet had no obvious enemies against which to revenge himself, it's likely he chose a name that sounded menacing and pirate-esque. Indeed, many pirate pirate ships use the name Revenge. I love that for him. (laughs) Yeah, it's so steep. That's very sweet. So yeah, you know, he's just this rich kid. It's really interesting that uh, he had 70 people working for him. Yeah. yeah, that's freaking wild. And remember, these people were paid on a salary. This is something yeah. that mentioned the show it was real in, uh, in real life too. He paid his crew a salary, and it just is that not usually done. No, no, it's what you get. <laughs> what from you your... can take. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why like they're kind of like rough with each other in a lot of the other pirate movies. Is it's like 
when we go raid something, what you get is what you get. But here he was like, y'all get this much an hour. You get a stipend. This, yeah. this is <laughs> your weekly. Yeah. yeah this, gonna is, change. this is why I think, yeah. even in the show, that kind of was like, this is why they didn't mutiny him because like, oh, he's paying us. It's he's a probably going to deal. Yeah, yeah. He's probably going to get himself killed. So like, why do we need to bother? <laughs> so was there like options of them mutinying him? And they're like, well, I mean. Yeah, it's, it's a point in, I think like one of the very first couple episodes where, because in the TV show, there's what, like, 10 crew members, maybe less, 10 or seven, Finish. around there. and Much smaller group yeah, than much 70. 70 yeah. Much smaller. But like it's there's a moment where he's like, all right, guys, today I know that you're all very aggressive, so we're going to do arts and crafts. And he goes, we need a pirate flag. And so you have all of these pirates that are very traditionally like gruff, kind of gross, <laughs> sitting around a giant pile of fabric as they all sew their individual flags to see which one's the scariest. And it's just absurd. But while they're sitting there, one of the guys goes, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> like, this is like, let's just kick them out. Let's just be our own pirates. Like this, this would never stand with any other pirate. And they keep referencing Blackbeard. They're like, yeah. well, there's this one guy on the crew that's like, well, I used to work for Blackbeard. And clearly he didn't. He's like, <laughs> he would never allow this. We would have killed like 30 people today, but no, yeah. stuff like that. He's very kissy uppy uh, too. Yeah. <laughs> Sick a fan. Sick a fan. I do want to Ooh, say, once again, Blackbeard was heavily romanticized at this time period. So so you're saying that Blackbeard was like the Banksy of his time. Mm. Like, yes. He Honestly, was like, keeping with the starving artist so, routine. Well, something that's really, really interesting that they show in the show as well is that he didn't really kill all that often himself. Like, he used fear-based tactics. He was very theatrical when going after people. Uh, according to this Smithsonian magazine. Using that marketing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Historians <laughs> have recently noted that despite Blackbeard's terrible reputation, no, evident exi no evidence exists that he ever killed anyone before his final battle of Okra Coke near Cape Hatreus. I'm trying to say that Did he torture anybody? When he was fighting for his life, he likely c cultivated that murderous image, says Charles Awen, an archaeologist at Earl, East Carolina University, wow. scaring people was a better option than to damage what you need to try to steal. I love that. So, yeah, he didn't, he didn't want to damage his goods, so he yeah. just used his reputation to scare people, which oh. is something they bring up in the show. He's like, yeah. I don't even have to be on my ship anymore. Yeah. It's people something. Surrender. It just does it. It's like, it's, it's, I made the machine. It's working. Like, people are just afeard of the Blackbeard yeah. name. Yeah, there's like a, there's a cute moment. And I hope, Stephanie, I'm not like, I don't know no, what your no, plan it's, it's is. Fine. There's a cute moment in the show where Steed, which is the gentleman pirate, and Blackbeard are in the dressing room. And Steed finds out that Blackbeard's Blackbeard because he just seems like such a jolly guy. And so he's like, oh, is that scary guy outside Blackbeard? And then Blackbeard goes, no, I'm Blackbeard. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. It's very, very cute. And then Steed's like, oh, fuck, what do I do? And then it's just them like having cute little moments. And then next thing you know, they're walking out of their cabin in each other's clothes, pretending to be each other. It's so good. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's so absurd. Like it's, it's so absurd and funny, but like also very endearing because like generally the whole story between Blackbeard and Steed, it really is about like the pressures of society. Like Blackbeard has this pressure to be a certain way mm -hmm. and, and Bonnet has a certain a pressure to be a certain way as like a gentleman and like seeing the two interact in these other worlds with these expectations and crossing, oops, sorry, Mike, sorry, audience, and crossing Sanjay. over. We are professionals. Um, <laughs> and crossing over into each other's worlds and seeing how mm -hmm. each other responds and like actually those social pre pressures aren't as serious as they need to be. Mm. All right, I do want to talk about one more thing sorry. about the real life pirates. Um, 
it's how they met. So it goes on. After these early successes, Bonnet and his crew sailed south to Honduras, a well-known pirate hangout, to spend their booty. There, Bonnet met the most famous and feared pirate of his day, Blackbeard. Born in Bristol, England, Blackbeard had worked his way up from deckhand to captain on his own ship, the 40-gun Queen Anne's Revenge, and cultivated a reputation for wildness and unpredictability. Bonnet was thrilled to make Blackbeard's acquaintance, and the two pirate captains agreed to cruise together. Did they say cruise specifically in this article? Yes, they did. <laughs> now, this article, I feel like, is really uh. against Steed Bonnet and sees him as, like, a joke, whereas the show, yeah, sees him as a joke, but Blackbeard is just so fascinated by this mm. guy, I think. Some theories is like, oh, he, because uh, 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 in real life, they had a falling out, supposedly, and, you know, uh, he marooned their his, like, crew, but Steed found him. And I was like, how does that happen? But whatever. Wait, that happens in... Yeah, it happened in real life. But it was, like, 40 people. So that's a lot bigger crew. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would assume they were left yeah. on a bigger island. I would yeah. assume as well. So, but, like, the Pirate fact that he marooned them yeah. and he still is able to find them, like, come on. Like, I feel like this is a story See, that they know, came here, up. Here's the thing is... I still, this is what I said to you, is that I think that they were very much, they were not as far away from each other as it seemed. Mm -hmm. Like, because so much happens in such amount of short time. It's like, okay. So as as a person that has not watched this show, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Sorry, 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 sorry. We're going to go back a little bit. We're making some self-referential stuff. Okay, so yeah. Basically, um, yeah, in real life, they met at the pirate hangout became friends and uh, sailed the world together. Some say that he uh, kicked Bonnet off because he was like, ah, Bonnet's incompetent. Some just say they had a falling out. Some say they fought. Um, who knows? We, we weren't there. Um, mm-hmm. I say they had a lover spat, personally. And is that what the show also says? <laughs> and that's where the show says. <sighs> so I need to be clear. This show was pitched as a pirate rom-com. It was not pitched as a pirate action adventure show. It was not as a buddy cop romance. Buddy cop. Buddy, buddy show. Cop. Buddy cop romance. Buddy yeah. cop. It was a romantic <laughs> comedy, and that's how we pitched the show. That's how Taika got interested, because uh, David Jenkins and Taika both have like the same manager, and they were kind of talking about this, and David Jenkins was like, you want to be interested in this? And Jacob was like, this is a good story, the way he presented it. And so he was brought on. David Jenkins, I just looked him up. He has very, very little on his IMDb page. Yeah, he, he has hasn't one other show. People of Earth, I think, yeah. was yeah. his other show he did. I was just yeah. very surprised by it. I was like mm-hmm. expecting. Did you go watch Peoples of Earth? I watched some of it when it was out, I feel like. I oh, remember, oh. Vague, I, had, I don't remember watching it, all, but I didn't connect the two that that was what he had done. But yeah. You just were saying you had brain rot. And when I had brain rot for a show, <laughs> I go watch everything oh, related my to My brain it. rot was you pirates. Lucky. You are very yeah. lucky I am not in the office with you right now because I am. <laughs> Stupid about Heartstoppers right now. Like, yeah, that's next episode, Sarah. Next you gotta episode. save that. I know. You gotta save that. So, th- that's the thing. What, what like we talked about earlier. This mm-hmm. show did something that nobody expected. Even as it was happening in front of us, it was like, "Are you sure you're not queer baiting us?" Like, uh, uh, and just to get some definitions out there for those who don't know, I'm gonna use the wiki definitions of queer baiting, mm-hmm. which is a marketing technique for fiction and entertainment in which creators hint at but then do not actually depict same-sex romance or other LGBT representation. I feel like the other is really important here because, yeah. like, um, and Hannah, you can speak, too. I feel like I'm sure. talking a lot. No, well, no. Tell, me about the, <laughs> tell me about the LGBTQ rep. Well, in the show or just yeah, generally in the, show. in the context of queer baiting? I mean, okay, so I think, I think what is really interesting about this show is, like, that 
wasn't, you know, for knowing that that mm-hmm. was how it was pitched as mm-hmm. as a rom-com um, and inherently a queer rom-com. Mm-hmm. If it isn't clear, Ashley, Steed and Blackbeard have very much. I, I have gotten to that. Yes. <laughs> I've gotten to that point. Yes. yes. They, they eventually, uh, I mean, fall They in are love. very much together. Um, yeah. And there is very much a romance that is the central core, I would say, mm-hmm. of what they're doing. And, you know, it's certainly not. It wasn't at the forefront of how this was marketed for any amount of marketing that Absolutely was done. Absolutely not. Um, but I also think, like, what's so interesting is, you know, what I'm sure we'll talk about is there's all different kinds of rep mm-hmm. in this show. Um, that's not, I think, what's very unique about the show is that in a lot of the shows, and this is where I'm, like, going to date myself and sound old, <laughs> like, when I was growing up, <laughs> um, you know, very infrequently did you even have more than one out like out queer character Mm -hmm. in a show if they even were openly queer and then to have multiple queer romances in a show is was pretty much something i'd never seen um and different the the different flavors of yeah and and different different you know you not only have different gender representation Mm -hmm. like like you have all different kinds of representation that are going on in this show um, from sexuality to gender to, you know, just there's uh, there's a huge amount of racial diversity in mm-hmm. the show um, to have all of those things present. Whereas the shows that I feel like I grew up consuming, it was pretty much you had the two options, which were queer baiting or barrier gays were like yep. the mm-hmm. only two yep. options of what you got to see if you had any queer rep at all. And for those who don't know, barrier gay trope is basically if you have a gay character, they're probably going to die. So uh, to further the story of the straight characters. Yeah. And almost very especially if they ever do get into a queer relationship. Mm-hmm. Very much then one of them will probably die. Um, I have been watching a channel. Oh, my God. What is it called? It's like. Uh, it's so good, um, but he basically goes into the history of gay media, and it's so mm. good. And he like shows examples of like the free, first like barrier gay tropes mm. and how like gay characters were portrayed in different shows and sitcoms through like the seventies, eighties, nineties to current. Yeah. It's really interesting. I wish I knew what it was. I will <laughs> put it on Twitter sometime. Yeah, but yeah. it's like one of my favorite things is like they had a non-binary character mm-hmm. and they handled Vico it. Ortiz. They mm-hmm. they like handled it very, very well. And not only that, but the actor themselves is non-binary. Mm-hmm. And like it was just you could see how much it meant to them. Yeah, I actually have something about that. Oh. So Victor Vic excuse me, Vico Vico. <laughs> Vico Ortiz cried when they read the script because the writers three of whom are also non-binary, non-binary like Ortiz, had taken such care to create space for the non-binary character, Jim. Yeah. And it's the fact that there is three non-binary writers in the writer's room, that Insane. is fucking awesome. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's honestly, like this show, I don't know if we you're going to mention this, but like it, this show performed, outperformed anything else on HBO Max I at the time. There is a very awesome graph where you just mm-hmm. see it soar above euphoria in the boys. And was Euphoria been up there? Yeah, Euphoria was for up a there. while, right? And it, this just came with also no marketing. Euphoria has marketing. This yeah. came with borderline no marketing, and it showed up. And what I like to say, or like the internet likes to say, is it's the the the, the youth LGBTQ showed up, and even the the it's older for the gays. girls and the gays. It's for the girls, <laughs> the gays, and the yeah. days. The girls, the gays, and the days. Because um, it, it's it, it 
it, because it was non-binary people in the writer's room and like and it was just it was, oh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like it's it's, it's, it, it's what the what happens when you have authentic representation exactly. where it's coming from a place of someone who actually is speaking to a lived experience versus someone writing about something that is not personal to them necessarily. So, mm-hmm. according to Parrot Analytics from April 9th to the 15th, it was the most on-demand streaming show across the board. It beat Moon Knight, it beat Halo, it beat Bel Air, it beat all these shows. And it happened for like three weeks in a row, maybe even longer. It was, mm-hmm. I think it was five weeks as of last yeah. week. Yeah. So like, this is nothing to sneeze as. This show like is extremely beloved. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to know, I just need the audience to know that we told Ashley specifically she wasn't allowed to watch it for this episode. Yeah. That's really, <laughs> so. that's, that's tough. That's a tough gig to not be able to watch what you. Well, we knew we were going to do yeah. it. And then uh, we always try to have someone that's not totally into what yeah. we're talking about just so it's that there's good. another there's another objective, voice but an objective this is one, point of view this is one where like Stephanie and Sarah were like we're both gonna watch it and I was like alright I'll sit this one <laughs> well it's one for the team already had watched it and you go you guys keep talking about it should I watch it and we go no <laughs> yeah pretty much you're not allowed it's um, like uh, maybe we tell well, Stephanie Stephanie you can't watch Heartstoppers for the next episode maybe that's so my next binge because I have Shit. an open binge slot then Ashley Damn. watches Heartstopper you can't watch it and then we'll talk about it next week fine <laughs> perfect um, there we go so I do want to go back to the diversity of this show so mm-hmm. what's interesting like so blackbeard uh steed bonnet they are middle-aged men mm-hmm. which is also pretty much not seen all that much on television mm-hmm. especially on a sitcom except maybe like brooklyn 99 um i would say grace and frankie do it really well too though oh yeah grace and frankie um but it's it's still not seen a whole lot seen elder gays basically yeah that and is so true. it was so refreshing just to see that but the one thing that I really, really respect about this show is how it handles its sexism, its mm. homophobia, its racism. Basically, they don't ignore it, but it's not the forefront of the show. Like, no. well, maybe, uh, it's just like, I think the closest we can get to homophobia is a character that seems also kind of gay. So it, it's really interesting. And like the black you- characters get to actually, you know, not be there for their like, What's the word? Can someone help me? It's basically mm. their struggle is not the forefront of the character. Yeah. So mm. you know it's there, but it doesn't define everything about them. Like how some shows it's like, oh, you're a black character? Well, this is your whole storyline and nothing else. Pause. Are you saying that Izzy Hands is... Absolutely. Izzy... What is both homophobic <laughs> and gay? Izzy Hands. Izzy Hands. <laughs> Absolutely. Izzy Hand is Blackbeard's first mate. Yeah. Yes. He is very much a very interesting <laughs> dynamic. It's basically Blackbeard. he yeah. he's like the obsessive best friend who doesn't want you to date that person because it's going to take away time from them. Uh, I kind of, yeah, that's, but it's, it's, that's it's also exactly it. yeah, and it's so interesting because I think what's really cool about the show is how I think what we're get what we're getting at and what I think the show is so incredible for is it's really about identity, mm-hmm. right? Like in all these different mm-hmm. prisms Absolutely. of identity, which is. For Ed and Steed, it's a lot about masculinity. And I would say Izzy's also tied up in masculinity. What masculinity and toxic masculinity mm. does to a person and how it manifests and how it changes and shapes their behavior and their goals. And with Izzy, he has a very rigid sense of mm-hmm. what it mm-hmm. means to be a man, to be a pirate. And you even, I think the way they do it, which is so smart, is through names. It's like how people are referred to, where Absolutely. proximity to closeness with Ed, you know, Blackbeard's name mm. being Ed and Izzy very, very much talks about his identity as either Blackbeard 
or as Ed. Um, And that level of like just Izzy's whole dynamic around. He loves Blackbeard. He does not love Ed. He has no level of respect for Ed the person. He only has Blackbeard who is up on a pedestal. It's, It's like a it's a big like symbolic thing that persists throughout the entire show is that you have Izzy Hands, who is the epitome of somebody who loves pirates and Blackbeard and everything that there is. And then you have Steed Bonnet, who's just a good guy trying to have a good time. <laughs> and he and Blackbeard, like, that's the thing. So he meets Blackbeard and he doesn't see Blackbeard. He sees this guy who's sitting here appreciating good linen. And he's like... Fan of a fine fabric. He's yeah, like, oh my like, God, he, he sees, like, he looks Fancy's at fine Steed, fabric. who has... The stupidest ship ever. Stupid and ship. goes like, this is stupid and I love it. Whereas Izzy sees it, it's stupid and you need to die. Yeah, yeah it's, mm. there's a very funny moment where, so Steed brought his entire library with him. <laughs> and there's like, a, there's a point very early on when another uh, naval vessel shows up and is like, why the hell do you have books? on a boat this is just kindling and your shit's gonna catch on fire he literally is like a fireplace yeah. <laughs> they're like it's a fireplace candles yeah <laughs> like threatening to light it light, all like up. the whole yeah. thing on fire <clears throat> and so then blackbeard shows up and it's like a callback to that where blackbeard goes you're fucking insane i love you <laughs> he's like he's, he's like this is great this is what i need in my life but back when I was, no, he actually even says, "You know how hard it is to find something original out here." Yeah. That's literally what he says. <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, what I was gonna say is like the whole like Ed versus uh, Blackbeard is like there's this like they do some really gorgeous um, symbolism and represent mm-hmm. like throughout. And there's this piece of fabric that Ed has always carried around from his childhood that, like, you can. It, there's some really fun costume stuff going on too because like yeah. Ed has this red piece of fabric that is like just tucked in a pocket at the beginning and then by the end it's like shown out and like it's like a thing that like steed will like come and like make sure it's like all cute and pretty and be like oh look at that look at how happy you are like beautiful and then steed bonnet starts wearing blackbeard's black tie as they like slowly get more involved totally stealing his boyfriend's clothes totally stealing his boyfriend's (laughs) clothes but there's um there's this thing that happens at the end it's very emotional and whatnot but it's um Blackbeard decides to let go of the piece of fabric and in doing so lets go of Ed. And Steed. so no. Oh, Ed. Yeah, sorry, well, you're right. He right, lets, right. That's the thing is like people lets, some people are thinking it as like, oh, he let go of Steed by letting go of this fabric. No, no, no. He didn't let go of Steed. He let go of Edward. You are absolutely right. I'm my bad. Yeah. Like he, both. he got rid yeah. of his both. Yeah. It's him giving up that I think if again, if you're talking about identity, I think what's really interesting too is this show is about what the world expects of you and mm-hmm. what you want from the world. And I think with, in this case, like it's interesting because they kind of, they start out <clears throat> wanting opposite things where Steed wants to be feared. He wants to be renowned for his skill and fearsomeness as a pirate. Right. And Ed actually, whether it's conscious or not, is seeking the ability to be himself and mm-hmm. to be soft and mm-hmm. to be vulnerable. And they're looking for kind of opposite things. And what's so interesting about their dynamic. And I think why it's so interesting to queer viewers is getting to see people recognize things in each other that they love and getting Mm -hmm. to see that relationship blossom and i think going back to what you're saying about why the the diversity of of representation in this show is so important is that going back to like so infrequently do you get multiple queer characters or queer relationships in a show relate they can be different like all these relationships can do different things they Mm -hmm. can explore different dynamics whereas if you had one queer character in a show they kind of had to be a monolith. Whereas mm-hmm. in this show, you have multiple queer relationships mm-hmm. that you can explore and can talk about 
different aspects of identity. And it is really interesting because like you're right, there's different queer relationships in this and you can see yourselves in different ones. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, these two middle-aged men are still figuring things out. And then you have, spoiler alert, Lucius and Black Pete who oh my kind God, of they're figure my out pretty quick. <laughs> Lucian <laughs> is like the first mate of Steed and like he's like, his big thing is that Steed wants to be memorized. And so Steed has, uh, what's his face? Lu- Lucian. Yeah. Lucian, Lucius, Lucius, yeah. walking around writing down every single thing he does so that it will be because he wants to be remembered. Yeah, yeah but he's he, basically he, a he exaggerates a lot. Like, oh, you know, they like feared him. Like he's like the in. I don't know. Like a bard. Like a bard. Yeah. Actually, a bard. I would say Frenchie's the bard. Actually, so I have a list yeah. of characters oh, yeah, if you want to go through them. Yeah, let, let uh, Ashley know the crew. Okay, Introduce. so here we have, let's start off with Jim. Jim is non-binary, Hispanic, love of my life. Um, is it Jim? Their name is Jim. Jim. Jim, their name is Jim. They're, yeah. they're, they're. They, them. Jim is non-binary, uh, out for revenge, um, and I love them very much. I love the uh, out for revenge part. So the crew pretty mm. much accepts them pretty quick. They're, the only thing there was like, oh, are you a mermaid? And Jim's like, fuck off, I'm Jim. And everyone's like, okay. Just call everyone, me Jim. Because yeah. they don't know how. To, I thought that was actually really great that yeah. the show didn't just, the show acknowledges they don't immediately understand what mm-hmm. Jim is going through because they all essentially find out Jim had been wearing a disguise as um, to be a man to appear like a male crew member. And then they all start freaking out. I think Frenchie is the one who's <laughs> like, they something about like they control cats, like yeah. women control, so, like or cats so, are evil, uh, like something about, I don't remember. Do you know the superstition that women on boats? Uh, it's bad for She was like, yeah. yeah, it's science. See, women have crystals in their That's bodies, it. which attract <laughs> demons. Yes. <laughs> I love Frenchie. So it was basically like they all were freaked out when they found out that Jim had been in disguise because they felt like a woman on the ship was going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. And Jim's answer was, well, I'm just Jim. Just mm-hmm. d- treat me as you have been. There's not a problem. Also, Jim could murder literally every single literally. person on the ship. Jim okay. is the most threatening. By far remember. the most capable. The actual scary person. The actual <laughs> murderer okay. possible. This character has gotten way cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the moment I realized this yeah. show was different is, so we ended up meeting Jim's Nana. And oh the whole entire time, Nana is using they, them yeah. pronouns the whole time. Not a one single slip up. Uh, the only time that there is a little different is sometimes Nana uses their old name. That's about it. No misgendering, totally accepts who Jim is. If, it, if anything, so J- she, <laughs> Nana is just upset that Jim has not murdered more murdered people. Yeah. <laughs> Nana knows what's up. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I want to talk about Ula Wande. Who is heavy set, which I love because yeah, there's a lot of body diversity yeah, in the show really too. Great. Um, they are Jim's partner, basically. They're the ones who has helped Jim get uh, some of the revenge. Um, speak Spanish too, by the way. And I just, I oh, love, so cute. Yeah, I just love he's so uh, cute. He yes, is very cute. But I also want to say real quick, you said the body diversity. You want to know the one body type that was missing? Oh, stereotypical hot guy. We're all like thinking. That's was, just Ed. Peggy <laughs> <laughs> Matita doesn't got a six pack, but but he has that adorable little he midriff. Does. Yes. Shows. Okay. Can so we just appreciate the main character of this show is Taika Waititi's midriff it that is. gets so much top. attention. It's so I look. His belly I become button. feral every time I see it. Yeah. Um, Sorry. That I was just saying that it's like it's it's always it's nice. Yeah. Um, next we have is Izzy Hands. Who is also a real pirate, by the way, is real hands. Uh, but okay, fun fact: real Izzy was sixteen. 
Oh, oh my God. The person who plays Izzy in the show is 55. And can right. we say Con O'Neill is the most oh my un- God. I love it. He, the actor who plays Izzy Hands, is just so engaged with the fandom, is constantly retweeting and tweeting things. But like, oh, the we're most talk about that later. Stuff. Yeah, it's great. Good. He's still like, yes. he's on the track. He's, yeah. like, he's not like the unhinged, like supernatural people. Like, no, he he's great. on track and he's just like, I love you guys. You're great. Let me retweet this fan art. Let me do this. I mean, this. he definitely like, retweets like NSFW. Oh, yeah, fan for art. sure. I mean, that's still on the real. Was, I love that. Yeah, was it very... you who sent it to me? I was like, one of these days, he's just going to retweet some like uh, tentacle porn and people are going to have to explain it. And sure enough. Oh, yeah. <gasps> no. Yeah. Yeah. hacking in the White House. No. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right. Uh, yeah, next up is Lucius, uh, who is perfect in every way. So we I love have, Lucius. Yeah, no notes. Uh, he makes... Yeah. He's the boy that's writing everything yeah. down. The boy, the and boy then, writing everything down. And then his, his boyfriend, Black Pete. So here's the note that I have. He's like the dude in an office who everyone hates, but he's dating the perfect Lucius, so you put up with his antics and annoyingly find them sweet after a while. That's very accurate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ashley. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Whatever it is can wait. Yes. Black Pete is the annoying boy who's dating the cute sweetheart. And you're like, why? But then after a while, you're like, fine. I like you enough to keep you around. This is the one that we he were talking about. He does grow on you. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. really does. Why is he annoying? He's well, he's the one we were talking about. The that, sycophant. Like, he was yeah. first and foremost the sycophant. Mm-hmm. Who like, was like, I used when to work I for Blackbeard. And you're like, you didn't even. And who's the cute one? Lucian, Lucius. the boy with the book that writes down everything. Yeah, they're dating. Oh, so the first mates are like. Well, they're not the first mate. The The, the Blackbeard guy is not. He's, oh, he's not Black actually Pete. Blackbeard's mate. He is on. He's on Steed's crew, and he's pretending that he used to be. On he's Blackbeard's he's crew. basically the first person to suggest they mutiny. He's yeah. the least bought into Steed's ideology of kindness and talking through your feelings and being vulnerable. Yeah, kind of interesting how they're yeah. together then, because they're like that's different why it's, roles. It's so, so cute. Like it's like it works. Not to stereotype, but Lucian is like Lucius. Lucius is portrayed as if like the more stereotypical gay. And like out of everybody in the show, everybody in the show is very different. And they're always, as I said, like different flavors of LGB. But Lucian is like what you would expect to see on like a regular rom-com. Mm. Like he's the token gay in a, a 90s sitcom. Yeah. yeah. But I think the beauty of Lucius is that they also give, I mean, that's what I also think is so great about the show is there's, they're, every character has an arc. Mm-hmm. Every character has depth. Every character has some degree of either growth that they're undertaking or something that they're doing. And like Lucius is, sorry, Sarah. Um, <laughs> I'm doing it for Jaren. Lucius is, uh, he is someone who even at the beginning is very, you know, he is very begrudgingly doing mm-hmm. all of these things for Steed. He's like chronicling these just asinine, you know, writings yeah these he's trying to glorify these moments for steed and he's kind of like doing it all with like an eye roll and a shrug because he's getting a paycheck but by the end he has very much become just as endeared as everybody else Mm -hmm. and he is the person i think everybody goes to for advice and he also is i would say one of the like just the the hair on that guy the stuff that lucius does oh like my God. standing up to blackbeard standing up to izzy hands standing up to um spanish jackie like or pickpocketing spanish jackie like 
he is constantly doing things that are extremely like take a lot of Lucius yeah. is so cunning, so Very, smart. Exactly. Also, I want to say Lucius is also the one that basically branched Blackbeard's crew mm-hmm. and their crew because he <laughs> In this very funny scene, he sketches one of the um, Fang. Uh, yeah, Fang. Yeah. He basically one of Izzy's like little right hand. He sketches one of them, and they become friends that way. Nude. I should. I should say. Yeah. He's nude. nude. It was a nude nice. sketch. Nude sketch. Yes. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and so Lucius is the one that brings the two teams together. He's the one that He's like the, yeah, stands very... up to Blackbeard's like, "Hey, fucking Steed likes you. Don't be mean to yeah. him." Yeah. <laughs> like, and so he, yeah. And you like him too. Acknowledge yeah. it. He's like the reality check. Acknowledge it. Yes. Ooh, yeah. He's yeah. that friend. Yeah. yeah. But then, then he goes, he goes, okay, but you can hit me now. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, if you want to stab me in the face now, you like, can. No, but I had to say no, it. I couldn't Lucius not. is the bravest one. Yeah, Lucius is by far the most, like, pulls off the most just dangerous See, I didn't even think about the pickpocketing. That was yeah. ballsy. Pickpocketing <laughs> Spanish Jackie, like, you have a death wish. It's crazy. Um, Spanish Jackie is, like, a Okay, we can character. skip ahead. Let's just go in and talk about Spanish Jackie. Love Spanish Holy, Jackie. Played by Leslie Jones, okay? Right. Has 19 husbands. And Polygamy. once again, could easily have gone into Polyamory. some stereotypes. But, uh... <laughs> So Spanish Jackie is pissed off at Jim for Jim killing one of Spanish, Jack- Spanish Jackie's husbands. Mm. And so... Sp- t- of 20 at one point? 19. <laughs> it was 20, right? No, no I thought it was 19, then it was 18. 20? She's had a number of husbands. <laughs> a number of husbands. <laughs> Some of whom are no longer she's with like, us. She's like the pirate lord of the island. Yes. Yeah, she yeah. runs the awesome. pirate land. <laughs> she has like a bar that she runs. She's and cool. she is extremely feared, extremely respected. Mm-hmm. And she's just a great, funny, wonderful character. And once again, could have easily done them stereotypes. Totally threw those out the window. There's a moment when Spanish Jackie and Jim are fighting, and it's just a great scene. <laughs> like they're like, "That's cool," and they're like respecting each other's moves. And it at the end, Jack is like, "Why are we doing this? Can we just talk?" <laughs> and Jim's like, "Okay." Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just a great. Mo- I love Spanish Jackie. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up is Buttons. Wait, what? Has Jim killed two of Span- Jackie's wife? Husbands? No. Uh, Spoilers, Spanish Jackie kills one of them. Yeah, because Jim was threatening to right. and Spanish Jackie goes, I don't, I don't give, give a, a fuck. <laughs> oh my God. See you never, Fred Armisen. Um, so next is Buttons, who steers the ship, Moon Bays, and I... This one's for the witches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Buttons is for the witches. Buttons for the, for the witches. I love Buttons so much. Just runs around naked, moon bathing. Oh, Talking goals. to seagulls. I love it. Oh, I love it. Uh, next is Frenchie, who is the other love of my life. Basically, the ship's bard. He plays the guitar. Yeah. He's always kind of, he kind of schemes sometimes. The best sewer. Really superstitious. <laughs> He's the best sewer. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, I love Frenchie. It took me a second to remember who Frenchie is. <laughs> the be- Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, the other sewer is actually Wee John, who is a sweetie pie. Oh, yeah. Big dude. Uh, used to sew dresses for his mom. I would like to uh. say Frenchie is scared of cats. Scared, super scared of cats. Super terrified. Like he was like, everybody's like, all right, make a scary pirate flag. And he goes, cat. He cats puts are, a cat on. <laughs> cat on yeah, and Wee John um, is played by, I've, I'm going to get his name wrong, Kill, Killian. It's, he was Hodor in Game of Thrones. Yes. Uh, Christian um, is his name. Hold on. I have the IMDb right here, actually. I think it's Christian. So Christian Nyarn? Yeah. Wee John Fingy. Yeah. And then um, wasn't Frenchie also in Game of Thrones? Joel Fry. He Everybody was also was in Game of Thrones. He Sorry, was also in 101 Dalmatians as yeah. Jasper. Mm. Oh. 
I love that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Not 101 Dalmatians. Next is... It was the... Cruella. Cruella movie. Sorry, Cruella. Uh, next up is Roach, who is the chef and sort of medic. <laughs> <laughs> and he can be summed up in this one quote, meat is meat and a knife is a knife. Like it. <laughs> uh, next, I, I want to talk... or... I don't know. Humans? Yeah. Humans. <laughs> Then this character I, I I can write a whole dissertation about is Mary yep. fucking Bonnet, y'all. So this is Steed's wife. Once again, easily, because you yes. know how all these articles are like, ah, oh, he loved his wife because she was nagging. And even at the beginning of the show, she seems like she hated Steed. No, she's just a woman who knows what she wants. When you meet her, you realize she isn't a nagging wife. She liked her life. She loved her children. Mm-hmm. She did what she could to make her husband happy. He was the one that was unhappy with the life. And I just, would argue she didn't love her life, but she wasn't a complainer. Yeah. It, she, I'm pretty sure that those children really aren't steeds. Oh, absolutely not. They, I do not believe that man has had sex with anybody. <laughs> God. Um, but yeah, the thing is, she is self-actualized. She mm-hmm. is taking care of her children. After Steed had uh, died, um, He, she went off and got a career for herself. She's a painter. She got a nice painting coach. She has a support group of... Widowed women. Widowed women who support each other and mm-hmm. will do anything for each other, which is something you don't really see in male-dominated shows because this show mm-hmm. is definitely a about A male-dominated men. show, yeah. But then to have this woman who has a group of supportive women who are willing to do anything for her and support her through her like trials is amazing and that she's not an agging wife she is just a woman who has what you know her own life goals and her own desires and she she went so for just for background mm-hmm. knowledge for those who have not watched the show and ashley um mm-hmm. so kind of like the order of events is that um on their anniversary they have two kids mm-hmm. and on their anniversary he buys her a boat and she's like i want nothing to do with this i get seasick i don't have a good time i want nothing to do with this and he's like well i already bought it and she goes you better fucking not have and then like next morning or like relatively late in time she wakes up to a note on the bed being like okay i'm gone and it's him going to go be a pirate and that's when she decides okay he's dead He's just dead to me, and he. Well, that's like, a fair assumption. Also, yeah, knowing her yeah. husband, she's like, he's not gonna last on the yeah, open sea. Yeah. So yeah, you know, she takes care of family, and yeah. she starts a new life for herself, and yeah. that's fantastic. No, that's the thing is, like, she looks at it and she goes, "Okay, doing this myself." And like, as Steffi said, like, she just becomes badass, and like, I really feel like she finds her voice as mm-hmm. well. Is that like when she was married, she was a married woman and did all the things. Yeah, yeah. and then like the the flashbacks of the marriage versus. Mary Bonnet after the fact like you can truly see her like she's glowing she's living her best life like she's she's funking her coach like good yeah. for her Doug is great by Doug the way is great. Doug is great uh, the thing also about her is that um, Steed is like oh I forgive you for sleeping with Doug and she's like you know what you left me yeah you were gone so I have my own life so we can do this I will be your wife but I am going to live my own life like, and that's absolutely 100% fair. I fucking love Mary Bonnet. I'm going to talk about Calico Jack. And I have, if there's ever one thing that was going to get me canceled, I am pro Calico Jack. You're pro Calico Interesting. To an extent. To an Here's extent. Here's the thing. Do you mean you're pro Calico Jack as a plot device or as a character? Let me explain. Okay. Oh, I don't like this. So Calico Jack is let me, okay, okay. So are you gonna explain me, who he is? Yes. First of all, played by Will Arnett. Yeah, it's uh, great. It's a great character. Yeah. I'm gonna say I defend 
I'm going to defend him to an extent, only to an extent, not completely. So basically, he is uh, Blackbeard's old putty. They, you know, Mm. are best friends. They pirated together. They killed people together, sort of. And, you know, they know each other in and out. They're BFFs through and through. And so he comes on and basically, once again, big spoiler, but he tries to get Blackbeard off the ship because... Uh, the British naval officers are coming to kidnap, not kidnap, to capture and imprison Steed. Pause. There's a very important part of the story that we have not mentioned once, which is uh, like episode two. Episode, end of episode one, I'm pretty sure. End of episode one, Steed accidentally kills a naval officer. Oh yeah, that that used to bully him when they were in primary school. And now his twin brother is on his way to, uh, you know, arrest him. Take him him in for murder. So here's what I'm saying. If my best friend gets shacked up with some nobody pirate and is about to be imprisoned. I'm going to do whatever. I don't or care killed. about Yeah, I don't care about anybody on that boat. I'm going to go save my best friend. They are ride or dies. So that's the part I am defending Calico Jack. Okay. He is saving his ride or die. He doesn't know anything to these people. He doesn't know. He just knows that guy is well hated by a lot of people and his best friend is now in danger because I have of a this dude. argument. Well, <laughs> his best friend is Blackbeard, not Edward. Well, it doesn't matter. I think in this no. case, in, in Steffi's also in Steffi's case, I think also we he doesn't know what Steed means to Ed. Exactly. So I, or, yeah. The so way I he think, says it is he's yeah. shacked up, so he thinks it's just like maybe it's just like a boyfriend that doesn't like whatever. And they've also had sex. They've talked about uh, the Calico Jack and Blackbeard have absolutely been together oh, yeah. as well. It, so. it's, it's a thing. I missed that. Oh, that's definitely the show yeah <laughs> so yeah it's also it's calico jack is probably the straightest looking character in this whole show. <laughs> but is the only one that canonically Dang. has had sex in the show <laughs> no very, no oh, and Mary, pause. what jim and oh sorry sorry they literally like, yeah sorry 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 my bad my bad you're right jim you and, and, like, there's a, and lucius and black and, and everyone yeah, okay, a lot of people never mind the my other bad. two queer couples everybody there else moments my bad lofted on having sex sorry my bad my bad host, i got ahead host. of myself yeah but yeah calico jack and blackbeard totally mm. uh <laughs> so he probably thinks it's just like oh this is just another this is a one night stand this is like i want to get my buddy out of there I think so. the question is, and I'd have to rewatch it again. I haven't watched it in a while. Was whether or not he sold them out after he reconnected with Blackbeard Here's or what not? I That's argue. the only thing I can't. I, remember. What I remember of the show, he reconnected with Blackbeard due to Izzy Hands. Yeah, yeah. Izzy brought so, him in to be like talk some sense into him. I and then the question is, does he then go and sell them out to the British? I feel like Izzy sells them out to the British. I can't remember. I need to rewatch. No, I've it, watched so like it, three times. No, now it was and I Izzy because mm-hmm. Spanish Jackie, yeah. the British dude, and uh, Spanish. Yeah, yeah they'll so, both have a meeting. I hate to say it, but Steffi's vaguely winning me over. Oh hell yeah! This, Whoa. I still think listen, he's the worst. No, 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 no. takes me. Listen, listen, he <laughs> likes to willingly get. No, you know, I like, can't that's judge just, someone for that. I was gonna say that's just a dude thing. They, like they, they Jaren, each other in the nuts. <laughs> like, Jaren, have your friends ever whipped you in the nuts? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's just a dude thing. Yeah, you just you know every now and then just surprise. Wow. Okay. Yeah. See, well, so yeah, that's just a dude thing. They have for the male perspective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Jack and you know Blackbeard just have dude games. And look, I'm saying the thing at the end that Calico Jack did with the bird. Not cool. That I will never forget. But everything else. I screamed. Like I screamed. him trying to protect his best friend, I'm 100% for. I would do the same before my Steffi's ride or die. Steffi's ride or die, so it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I, I will 
do that for any of y'all. I would definitely just go ahead and let any guy die for y'all, like, except Jaren, who's part of the crew. Thank you. <laughs> but Jaren, if you ever get a girlfriend, well, we're coming after her. Oh, <laughs> just for the record, every time one of our guy friends has gotten a girlfriend, we have adopted the girl. And like, sorry, you are no longer part of the crew. <laughs> but Jaren's different. Jaren's different. I wanted you to know that. He, he runs yeah, our podcast. Last, he has to be different. <laughs> in the last episode, we said that he'd be part of the 10% of men that were alive after uh, the genocide of uh, the Vampire Chronicles that apparently oh, was part of the plot. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh. I get a little house off to the side. <laughs> so yeah, that is that is my support of Calico Jack. Not the the bird killing, but just the he's the ride or die. Because I, I'm also the, with, my, with my friends, I will literally do anything for y'all. I mean, I haven't seen it, but what you're saying, it makes total sense. <laughs> but what if the best friend's a douchebag and probably is worse for you? He's the worst. He's definitely the worst, like, that's as a character. That's the question. What if the best friend yeah. is worse for you than the significant other? And that is because mm. that's the core of... As the toxic friend yeah. of the group. <laughs> mm. Please don't. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. So basically, is this kind of like what the ending is kind of getting at towards, or yeah, no? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like well, that's a, he. He kind of whispers in the ear about some things. Really, Izzy hands is the full manifestation. I of was gonna that. say. Yeah. I feel like also oh, sorry in Calico Jack's defense, all his information is from Izzy. Izzy. Yeah. So, but also, yeah, Calico Jack is just a selfish prick, and mm-hmm. whereas Izzy hands is actively trying to just manipulate yeah. and which is destroy. so wild to me because and Love now you. we're this is spoils spoils uh it's not izzy's fault that they do not end up together it is a hundred percent steeds mm. yeah like i i know Stephanie. i'm looking at you right now you have a whole paragraph about the fan reaction but can we go into the final <sighs> before we do okay because we need to wrap up soon yeah um, yeah, I do really want to talk about the fan rant. Okay, going ahead. Fine, yeah. just quick note, but then we need to go to the fan stuff because that is really important. So I was going to say this, which I thought was very interesting, is this is big spoilers, but um, basically they break up. Like they they like they kiss. They have a moment. They're going to run away into sunset together and and start a new life. And at the last second, Steve Bonnet gets cold feet and goes back to his wife. <laughs> I yes, I mean, I'd both the same to go. Well, the thing it's is, it's more complicated than it that. It is very, it's very complex, and I think that since we we don't have time to unpack all of it, but I think like what the show does really well is providing you with the with the insight into people's internal personal struggles, mm-hmm. and like a lot of it is about how they're dealing with trauma. Right, Ed and and Steed both have like really horrible childhood trauma mm-hmm. that they're trying to unpack which also influences the way they interact with their impressions of masculinity and the conversation that steed has he's basically taken it uh, like gunpoint knife point blade point um out of the barracks and told like you're a terrible person you're everything you touch you destroy um and that's his greatest mm-hmm. fear is that he's bad for everyone around him and he has the choice of, I need to go fix what I've already broken. I have to go back to my wife and children and see if I can make that right. And the best thing I can do for this person that I love is not subject them to me. Yeah, so he chooses what he thinks mm-hmm. is the best choice to protect the people he loves, to make right what he's done wrong, and to protect the person that he now knows that he loves. And also, Ed doesn't go looking for him. So we don't, there's no, there's no, Ed just kind of assumes because Ed's perspective is he's broken, he's bad, he's flawed as well. And all he can do is, is fall into the path of violence. 
he doesn't go out and seek the person who has has professed love like that he knows loves him mm-hmm. he's he thinks he deserves to be alone I okay I think we're probably not gonna get to the fan stuff it's fine but I do want to say uh so Sarah and I had very two distinct reactions to the ending yeah because the ending is basically Blackbeard is destroyed I just wanted let's get a little personal here remember when that British dude broke up with me and I basically went on a fuck it 2020 wait wasn't it 2019 Steffi says fuck it year yeah and I was basically on a bender it was like that for me. <laughs> so this one hit a little close to home. Mm-hmm. This is why this is why I wanted to bring it up. Because yeah. then there's me, who has never been in a serious relationship, has never been broken up with, has always been the broken up E. Like I am the one who breaks up with people. And to me, that ending was like, okay, cool. And I walked away from it. Whereas no issues. I it was like two in the morning and I just sat there bawling my eyes out. Uh, I was not okay after that. Mm. I'm going to start crying now. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> but I, I just like, because we're talking about different experiences and stuff like that yeah. and how different things impact different people. And I just feel like this is along the same line that we have like two very real examples is that this is a show that a lot of people mm-hmm. were very severely mm-hmm. like emotionally attached to and it barely affected me at all. Like I watched it, I was like, okay, cool. Gay pirates. Mm. Whoop, whoop. And then that was it. And then, like, as an example, is like the Heartstopper show is like sending me down an existential crisis. Sarah, wait till next week. I know it's next week, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it's like such a wild example is that this show affected you so much. And then this other show is affecting me mm-hmm. so much. And, like, despite the fact that, like, arguably they have very similar messages, Hannah, as somebody who's seen yeah. most of both of them. Yeah. Like, they have very similar messages throughout, just different medium. And it's, I don't know. It's, it's the importance of why more than one gay media needs to exist mm-hmm. and how different lenses are very important and how like it's like legit like again we can talk about it more but like how it's just like it made you cry in your apartment and like we need media like that mm-hmm. and like the fact that I could watch it and I literally stopped watching it and just wouldn't live my life. Can't be me. Couldn't I'm a different. Be. <laughs> I, I, think, be me. I think both Hannah and I became no. different people. I after. <laughs> fundamentally changed my brain chemistry. Yeah, for, <laughs> it's, everyone's calling it the funky gay pirate uh, yeah, brain, brain rot. rot so, yeah. uh, actually, I do want to touch on that. So the community. Yeah. Let's get. Out, no, let's, you're good. Let's you're do good. it. Yeah, 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 you got. You got eight minutes. Okay, let's do it. So basically, this community is massive. Like, if mm-hmm. you are gay and a fan artist, you're probably watching the show. The fan art is incredible. There's so it's much fan so art. So much fan fiction. They're already at four thousand seven hundred. Not only that. Uh, oh, actually, I want to mention that. So TikTokers were actually showing them refreshing the page and the like, fan fiction number just going up. up the, basically, up, up, the up. arc of that graph of how quickly that fan fiction was created is pretty unreal. Uh, not only that. So Samba Shoot, who plays Roach, th- there's a whole thing about a cake in the thing. He released a recipe. Over 200 people made that cake and sent him pictures. So he made a collage of all the cakes that were sent. Like, it was so cute. And so it's wild how like a lot of the people in the cast are very active, uh, even people behind the scenes. Because apparently one of the workers who are uh, behind the scenes people, they have a TikTok. And they were like, oh, yeah, because of this show, I also realized I'm non-binary. Mm-hmm. And that was because, like, uh, they were, like, seeing how Jim was being called they, them. And they're like, you can do that? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's really important because I think a lot of people, yeah. this is the kind of stuff where if you if the media doesn't exist, if you don't see yourself represented. You just don't know. You, a lot of, especially older people, myself mm-hmm. being a great example, like, I didn't have a lot of this. Like, this was mm-hmm. not stuff that I saw growing up. I didn't recognize that there was anything you could be other than cis, like hetero. Yeah. There's yeah. only very few things you could fit into. It's it's wild the the way that media impacts. Like I don't even remember. Like I myself didn't 
qualify myself as asexual until like very late in life like mm-hmm. probably same with me and bisexuality like, it's like very new to me but I, it's like it's like where i'm trying to think about what piece of media led me there but like it's just like it's i think it was literally tiktok like i kept seeing people mm-hmm. on tiktok that were non-binary i mean not non-binary asexual. um asexual and i was like yes what you are saying there makes sense mm-hmm. and it's like you need that representation you need that example to realize that you're not alone because like as somebody who's never been in a serious relationship and like never like pursued anybody actively it's like to see that other people are living that life and mm-hmm. experiencing it it's validating you and your feelings and like your your existence also i want to say the thing that i've always liked with like diverse shows like this is that you know there is not one person to like tokenize mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. A, a problem uh, it's it was definitely in the tumblr era what they would do is well there'd be like one good gay character and everyone will put all their hopes and dreams into that character so if the actor or the writers messed up they were immediately canceled everybody on tumblr turned their backs mm-hmm. on them death threats galore and it's also one of my biggest fear right now because of how interactive the mm. cast and crew is. Yeah. As a community manager, it freaks me out, that type of interaction. And I'm just like, please, don't do too much. No, but I know no, it's fun. No one do anything stupid. Yeah. It yeah. just ruin things. It's just like my, my little community manager uh, like job tingles are going, please, please calm down. I know this is exciting, but please. Because like Vigo, they're on TikTok and respond to a lot mm-hmm. of message. David Jenkins is on Twitter answering questions left and right. Um, Izzy is re- like re- doing tons of retweet of fan art and stuff. But it, it's great. That is fucking fantastic. That's so cool how excited they are about this. But the part of my brain that who's done a community management for nine years is a little concerned. And I just really don't want this community to turn in on itself like in past ones. Like, I, I feel like Supernatural is a very good example. Very great example. turned in on itself from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. But like it's... It's wild, the internet and the way that people react and the way that people interact. Mm -hmm. And I think you just, I think the bottom line is this is a great example of what the kind of passion you get from people who have been so denied. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because all of the queer baiting. Yeah, of of representation, of of authentic representation of meaningful stories and characters that Mm -hmm. actually represent their lives. The response is nothing short of you know, overwhelming to near feral in some cases because <laughs> it's feral. just, you, you are just desperate for it. And I think the reason we have the reactions mm-hmm. we do and people are so passionate, they're getting tattoos, they're making, they're baking cakes, they're making art, mm-hmm. like, is because there's nowhere else to put that energy for mm-hmm. a really long time. And now we're finally getting to a point we're, where there's multiple pieces of media. Like, yeah, round out, like in a good way. It's in like, way. I was like, me and my roommate need to watch, uh, what is it, Crush? Crush. Oh my God, it's so cute. I it's haven't a watched sapphic, it yet. like, love triangle. Oh it's adorable. Yeah. Mm. So, like, it's like, yeah. in the last, like, month, we've gotten three yeah. LGBTQ pro, non-queer baiting pieces of content. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's not even counting. Like, I can't wait to see what people are putting on hold for next month. Oh, yeah. Because I bet their stuff. Yeah. Right. I'm just waiting. And we do need to wrap up now. Yeah. So, with that, finals. let's do our final talks. Ashley, what are your thoughts on Our Flag Means Death? Uh, it's way more complicated than uh, just gay pirates, and uh, it sounds like there's a lot of really uh, amazing characters that are like super fascinating. Um, definitely want to watch it. Good, Sarah. Um, I don't have the brain rot as hard, but it's, it, it, <laughs> yeah, I am glad I watched it, and I'm glad it exists. 
our special guest, Hannah. Also, thank you for being here. Thank yes. you for having thank me. You, I basically elbowed strong, strong arm my way. I was like, if you're talking about the gay pirate show, I need to be there. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I obviously have talked about it, but I think it's a really um, just incredible show and transformative. And anybody who hasn't had a chance to watch it, I think should watch it and support it. Um, and I think it's just a great sign of what's ahead. I think it just is a great mm-hmm. indication of there's more to come for us as as audiences and as consumers that there's really powerful stories that are going to get told and we're going to get to see more of ourselves in them. And mm-hmm. and just Taika Waititi is just so, you Taika, know, I love you so much. So He's very much so gender, good. so just, very much everything. Oh, wait, if you didn't know there is a TV <laughs> yeah. show, there's a movie from the 90s of Taika Waititi being a stripper. Well, well, there you go, folks. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just need to do just a quick, want to let you know. My final word is my quick story. Yes. So we have this friend, Caden, who is non-binary. And I was joking around, was, oh, Caden, what do I do to be more gay? And like, oh, have a gender crisis. And I'm like, ha I, I know I'm a cis woman. I didn't know gender envy until I saw Taika. Like, open his jacket, his little belly sticking. I'm like, oh, this is gender envy. And I had a whole fucking crisis. Yep, he'll do it. That'll do it. Taika did it to um, everybody. Taika didn't do it to me. <laughs> he did it to me and Steffi. Yeah. 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 Maybe I like relate more to like the other uh, stuff. I don't yeah. know. That being said, this is a wonderful show. I highly recommend it. Um, it. Yeah, please check it out. But that being said, if you are here and new, thank you for watching. If you're returning, we love you so much. Uh, we yeah, just passed 100 ratings on Spotify. Yeah. Thank you so freaking much. I can't stress what that means to us. Uh, the best way shows grow like like this is by word of mouth ratings and stuff like that. So talk thank about you. us on Tumblr. <laughs> bring us oh, back. Bring yeah. Tumblr back. I am trying so Twitter hard. Twitter was bought by Elon Musk. Let's abandon. Go. We got to go back to Tumblr. Well, let's do a Tumblr. Ooh. But yeah, uh, thank you so much. Ready to get into fights. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, let us know who your favorite pirate is, and yeah. uh, we will see you next week. Thank you so much, everybody. Yes. Thank you, Jared. And Thanks, thank you, Jared. Hannah. Thanks, <laughs> Hannah. Bye. And goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.